Pass the Ox. It's time for Beat Talk. Welcome to Beat Talk, the podcast where two friends who met in high school drumline talk music from the drummer's perspective. I'm Bren. And I'm David. And in this episode of Beat Talk, we're talking about complex rhythmic patterns called polyrhythms. All right, let's let's jump into some new music before we get into the the subject of this show. Uh, this subject is going to be, you know, just a little bit tricky. So let's let's start from a lighthearted place. Yeah, it's it's definitely one of the ones where before the show when we we're talking about like how we're going to explain things, we're both just like, what the hell? So we'll see how it goes um yeah i mean i think i think back to our first episode where we're just like talking about some of our favorite albums that we're listening to mm-hmm. and then i think back to you know count to five and that kind of thing where it's like you know we do have to do our research beforehand mm-hmm. and this one is is no different so we spent you know we spend a half an hour before we actually hit record talking about these things and talking through these tracks that we're going to talk about but and, and it'll still probably be all over the place but that's okay yeah, exactly. Like our outro says, we're just drummers, you know. You know, you, you can't take anything that we're saying with too too much seriousness. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, let's jump into some new music. There's actually was a lot of like new singles that I listened to this week. So there's mm-hmm. one though that you you and I were talking about. Which which one was that? We were talking. <laughs> we were talking about <laughs> one of our favorite tracks of the week, which is the new single with Lady Gaga and Ariana Grande. Mm-hmm rain i was actually listening to this on a run yesterday it was how i how i heard it and it was just mm. like actually all of the songs that i like put on here were like on my release radar and i just kind of listened to them back to back and this one came on and it like started raining i was like fucking a this is a joke right <laughs> like i was like get out of here lady gaga um but it's a weird song it's kind of like it goes back to we were talking it goes back to kind of like lady gaga's to early 2000 or like mid actually it was kind of late 2000s when she broke on like 08 wasn't it mm-hmm. yeah definitely well and and we were talking about i mean her latest record i think the name of it is joanne mm-hmm. um is is definitely more like country focused yeah or or at least like uh guitar centric and like a little more acoustic and this this is just like straight back to yeah to uh i'm i'm trying to think of like paparazzi and that kind of poker thing like it's, face, it's straight yeah. back yeah yeah poker just face dance. exactly yep and uh, yeah it just it just brings me back to like eighth grade and mm-hmm. everybody's listening to my 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 my, my <laughs> poker face and and lady gaga was still like such a mystery at that point true yeah you know she's I mean? really now she's doing movies and like all these things that you've learned more about her and how complex of a person she is and so yeah at the time I mean, it was like didn't know the anything. meat dress the meat <laughs> dress and like like she never she never showed her face during yeah. uh like those award shows or anything but yeah so i mean and i really like ariana grande so mm-hmm. i was excited to listen to this and i'm not sure if i like it or don't like it it'll probably grow on me over time because mm-hmm. that's just how it works but it's definitely got like an earworm to it and yeah. but <laughs> i mean we're we're talking about the kind of spoken word parts of oh it, God. where it's just like very very stern Lady Gaga saying "Rain on me," and now there's a there's an Amazon Music commercial that uses that song. I don't know if you've seen this, but 
we have like the the cheapo version of hulu mm. so we we still get ads on it and that there's a commercial for amazon music that's just like this uh 3d animated pair of lips yeah mm-hmm. have you I, seen that i haven't seen it but i know that that's like amazon's thing is like they'll have like they did it with a queen song um oh they yeah, have yeah, like yeah. a couple versions of it so i've seen the other yeah. iterations but not this one yeah it's very unsettling very <laughs> unsettling didn't this this song just come out like yesterday or friday yeah like or friday yeah so wow. i mean obviously they, they I mean, had yeah, yeah, some yeah. early access but but yeah now i now we hear it during every break while we're watching love <laughs> island uk so that's hilarious yeah so that was a that was one of the songs um another one that was actually quite fun to listen to for me was power by ellie goulding um i'm not like a huge ellie goulding fan because it's you know it's it's very like power pop heavy like it's it's like very anthemic every song that she sings and you know it's like sometimes you just got to be in that mood and i think it was it's just like a running mood like if you're running and you need some like it's like the power i mean it's more talking actually about a failed relationship like how you just want the power you don't care about love so that's not really the point of it but she's saying power nonetheless so you feel powerful while you're running (laughs) but um yeah so that that's one to listen to It, it has definitely just she's very catchy she's very easy to listen to so if like you're just kind of looking for something to listen to in the background or on a run, I'd recommend it for sure. Yeah. And then we had two more, uh, album releases that occurred, um, notes on a conditional format, which is the new 1975 record. And then I talked about last week. So it finally came out and not all the singles. It's just like the whole thing's out now. Yeah, exactly. They they didn't they didn't do my proposed plan, which was just release a new single every week for the rest of time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they finally dropped that, and then I mentioned last week the Perfume Genius record, but it's it's for sure for sure worth a listen. And then mm-hmm. there's two new upcoming albums that I think are supposed to release in June or like even, maybe even more recent than that or soon than that. Um, but Arca is one of them. I don't know if you've ever listened to Arca. I don't think so. No. Yeah, they're they're a really really unique artist and I think I think worth listening to. A lot of like kind of unsettling stuff, but but I I kind of put them in a similar category to Perfume Genius and that mm. they're um both a little bit more pop leaning, so it's it's still like quite listenable but just yeah. like a little bit unsettling. So it's it's worth checking out mm-hmm. um and then phoebe bridgers has another album coming out really soon and she's had a couple singles released from that that have been great um, nice. most yeah. recent one is gardens on that came out last week so yeah and um quickly mention um lion the Havis, uh released some singles um that are really great that i'll actually we'll talk about a little bit later and then um actually the fearless flyers came out with some stuff um they've been like releasing little things too kind of periodically they have just more tracks kind of with this uh like kind of brass band sound lately like they're mm-hmm. kind of adding in more um like saxophone trumpet sounds so i don't know and it sounds like they're kind of re they're doing different versions of songs they've already done kind of mm-hmm. so i don't really know what exactly they're doing but i like it that's all i can say <laughs> i don't know what's going on but i, but I like i mean anything with nate smith and and those guys joe dart and Corey wong i'm gonna listen to so yeah for sure for sure always always worth listening to yeah. but 
that's that's current events you know our lives haven't changed too much since the last week no, no major updates not so really. you know but you know, we can we can say thankful for our health thankful yes. to keep moving forward wait did, david david has something to say slightly yeah i did buy an audio interface so we're looking at uh maybe getting some some actual drum recordings going here pretty soon because you know i like we, we've been talking about you know putting out maybe a cover or something of one of the songs we talk about each week and um this will help me do that because like using your phone, you can get a decent sound, but it's just, I don't know. It's a different level of, of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, you know, and like I've been talking to friends over, um, or like friends I played in bands with over the years. And they're like, yeah, we could do some collaborations just like sending each other tracks. So like, that's something I've always wanted to do. So I'm excited that might be in my future soon. Yeah, absolutely. Just get excited. Get excited for more drum covers from David and no no drum covers from me. Well, so, if you freaking didn't sell your drum set, you dummy. Well, I know you're in a different situation where you're in a city and or in a city. <laughs> you're in a I am in a city. You're in a city. You're in an apartment and you don't have the we're, luxury we're of, moving. You're moving, you and, know. It's yeah. it's 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 just a different kind of scenario. So, it's okay. Enjoy enjoy the drum stylings of David just as I do. Um, and and look forward to a little bit of a production boost. Yeah, we're ho- we're hoping so. So, um, but yeah, let's let's jump into this week our topic about kind of poly rhythms and weird kind of juxtaposed things over top of each other. Let's let's dive in. Yeah, absolutely. So, just just as a quick kind of background on this, poly rhythms are. Um, basically two different rhythms that are playing simultaneously over the top of each other. Um, and I think the, the most common way that you see a polyrhythm structured is either three on top of four or four on top of three. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that ends up being the most common because it's like, it's, it's easy to do the math on that one, right? Like mm-hmm. at some point, uh, all of those things add up to 12 or they add up to whatever, I mean, whatever, but, <laughs> but they, they can then be looped again at that point and, and everything comes back together in sync with each other. So, mm-hmm. um, we've pulled a couple of examples of songs that have polyrhythms. And I mean, the, the other thing that we wanted to talk about is a lot of these show in the form of ostinatos. So mm-hmm. an ostinato is just a, a repeating musical phrase. So in our first song that we show you, um, try to try to guess what the polyrhythm is, like what's going on, mm-hmm. and also realize that there's an ostinato occurring in here just by nature of what a polyrhythm is. So uh, we're going to play that for you. Right. Enjoy. How could we not open with a Led Zeppelin tune? Yeah, I mean, we teased it last week too, so I think people, if they if they're listening every week like they should be, they they should know, know, know that was coming. Yeah, no surprises there. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think we've had a reference to Led Zeppelin every week. So I mean, we're a, just going to drum keep it podcast. Going. We need to, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so speaking of the drums, uh, John Bonham here is playing just like a really really rock solid four four Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what you catch on to until you hear like that guitar part not 
quite do what you're expecting it to do. So what's going on there, David? Yeah, so the guitar is playing in 3-4, and then the drums are in 4-4. So every, what is it, four bars, it loops back? Yep, yeah. So yeah. so the, the guitar, once it plays that, that kind of three beat loop four times it's at it's at uh 12 Mm -hmm. where once the drums play it's four beats three Three times times, yeah it's at a 12 (laughs) so they end up being back together on that fourth measure so um you know it, it, it can sound tricky but in the end it's it's basically just simple math Mm -hmm. and i think once you hear songs like this frequently enough it just becomes kind of natural but I, I mean i remember as a kid listening to cashmere and just like not not having any idea what's going on like what's yeah. the drummer's doing something weird but yeah. really it's the drums are doing the regular thing exactly and the, and and everything else is weird well and, and another thing about this track is like when it goes to the big chorus where everything's together they're in the same time together so it's kind of tricks you a little bit sometimes when like the verse or like the chorus are doing two different rhythms or two different things um this one i played a lot at u of o it was like one of our songs we do like playing basketball games or even at football games and i remember it was a little intimidating to play because like i knew i knew the song and i knew i knew that i just needed to play in four four but it's like everybody behind you is playing a different time and it just feels weird Absolutely. you feel like you're doing something wrong even though it does you feel it differently like you feel it all kind of connect and puzzle piece together it's not like super choppy or anything but it's just still like in the back of your head like you if you think about it it can really mess with your head it's like just that that's always been my my thing as a drummer is like i always need to feel it it's like yeah i never really think about it i just need to feel it yeah absolutely well and like when you're the only instrument that's doing that particular beat and Mm -hmm. everybody else is doing something different like you have to have a lot of confidence true in playing that because like the second you start to doubt what you're playing Mm -hmm. you just like throw the whole thing off like if if you if you start to feel uncomfortable and try to play in in three with the rest of the band yeah like the song is no longer the song you know (laughs) Yeah, and the the funny thing about that was, like, I always wanted to try and spice up my playing a little bit, like, add in a cool little fill, but this one, you can't. You literally just have to play in 4-4 four, four because it'll, like, mess with everyone. It's just because if you do a fill, it's, like, you have to do it at the right spot where, it, like, everything comes back together on the one. Yeah, you have to do it on that third mm-hmm. measure. Otherwise, <laughs> yeah, yeah, otherwise you just screw with the whole thing. Exactly, so it's just, like, better to just have it be fat solid four four and just save the fills for the chorus when everything's like together (laughs) yeah but that's that's like the the basic rule (laughs) that's basically the the rule of drumming is if you're not totally totally 100 percent sure of exactly where you are Mm -hmm. just just play four yeah exactly because you're just you're just gonna do more harm than good (laughs) yeah yeah definitely and and at the at the worst case worst case scenario you just go back to hi-hat and bass drum mm-hmm. on every and every downbeat and you just play that like if you're playing in seven if you're playing in five if you're playing in 13 i don't care as long as you have if it's, as long as you can give the pulse mm-hmm. you're right <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah so um that one's just a fun one we uh we had to start with that one we teased it last week but this next mm-hmm. one is a song that 
I was actually Lily, my girlfriend, was recommended to by Andrew, um, very talented singer himself, uh, who's been kind of listening and giving me some drum video recommendations, which is which has been awesome. So let's uh, play a little bit of this track. How about it? So, Bren, um, do you want to explain this one? What's going on in the chorus, or shall I? Sure, I can. I can jump into it, and then go as soon it. as I screw it up, I'll go back to playing every downbeat, and you can explain it. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> so, okay, so so uh, this is this is similar to Cashmere. Did we say the that... song "Golden" by Jill Scott? Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, "Golden" we by Jill Scott. That. Great, Golden great song. Jill Scott. Uh, but this is similar to Cashmere in that it's a three over four. But instead of it being a guitar or something like that playing the three, it's actually her voice living my life like it's golden. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's singing in an ostinato style and that it's the same exact uh, musical phrase repeated over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a, a phrase of three beats repeated over and over on top of a, a rhythm section that's playing in four. So yeah. What where this differs from cashmere is that instead of you know having the the drums on the rhythm section play that that loop of four beats until they get to the the fourth measure, what's actually happening here is the the rhythm section is playing out um, you know like sixteen beats mm. and the the voice is doing that ostinato living my life like it's golden in three um, up until it gets to 15, 15 beats yep and then she says golden again yeah which is that 16th beat and and it loops it back so it's it's a little bit different in that sense so you yep. get you get that relief right at the end where mm-hmm. she she says golden twice and brings it back in yeah and that's one of the things that i just love about like these songs or this the songs that have these patterns that go one of the things that is really cool to me as a drummer is when things go over the bar line so when we're talking about these songs that have like they're in four four or they're just you know in common time where there's the backbeat on the two and the four and like you feel it but the cool thing about it is like most things like start on the beat start on the one so like when you do these patterns you're like starting in different spots you know so like she's saying living my life like it's golden and she starts to live in my life at a new spot like every time and it just Mm -hmm. is always going over the bar line and doing weird things and changing until it loops back so like it's just it's just fun (laughs) yeah yeah it 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 builds tension yeah and then the tension is relieved but Mm -hmm. but that tension is like like, especially for drummers i mean i'm sure it is for everybody Mm -hmm. but for drummers like it's just such a fun thing because anything that you can do that's slightly outside of the norm from a from a rhythm perspective yeah it's just always really fun yeah and like that's something that I've been working on is like doing fills that go over the bar line. So like you'll mm-hmm. oftentimes be playing something and the phrase is ending and you'll mm-hmm. want to do a fill to go into the next phrase. But if you're like a jazz drummer more often, like you'll be doing things where you kind of go over the bar line and bleed into the next bar and, but then still come back onto the beat. Yeah. So 
that's kind of like where these songs and polyrhythm things like you can take things from them and try and add them to your drumming to like not completely screw yourself up but, but you know it's really cool uh the the drummers and the people that can do it i'm still working on it because it's just it's tough because again i like to feel things instead of think about and count them Mm -hmm. um so when you when you try these things you really need to have a solid sense of how to count while you're playing i mean it's just it's not going to happen unless you have a really solid sense of rhythm yeah definitely well and like i think you have a good example of this in your uh cover that you did of uh easy easy which is like you have a a fill that goes kind of over the four mm. and plays into the next measure and yeah. and those I mean those are just really fun to do because yeah. like if if you if you go past it and so instead of hitting the crash on the one and you go past it and hit the crash on, on the, the two, two with the snare yep it there's like this like boom like everything's coming down at once yeah um, kind of feeling and I think that's that's a really exciting mm-hmm. fill to do oh for sure and like one of the things that I would do when I had a rhythm section with a bass player and where we like practice a shit ton of uh the for, for a song we do like a fill at the end of a phrase and we it was super fun for us i don't know if anybody else cared or noticed it but we'd we'd do a fill or and then he'd do like a little you know thing with his bass and we'd be silent on beat one and then have a big like crash on two because it's just like you you're like waiting for that moment like w- when it finishes and it's like it just throws you off but it's super cool yeah yeah that's great so let's jump into the next track david if well let's play it yeah and then we'll have david do a little explainer on it sure so I'm going to try and explain it. I honestly, like the more I listen to it, the more like it could be one of the, like the first episodes we talked about, like, where's the one? Mm-hmm. Cause it's actually not like the ding, 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 ding. that's not on the one, right? No. Well, yeah. yeah. And then, yeah, the, I mean the drums come in and, and give you the one, but it's like, it's disorienting for sure. Yeah. So this, um, kind of like we've been saying is just another like example of like the guitars, um, playing two rhythms over each other and it loops back so it's just a four over three right if i'm not mm-hmm. mistaken yeah so um i don't really have much more to say to that like wh- what else can we really add to that no i think that's great so so these three songs have been examples of four or three and four or four mm. and three and this this next song that we're going to play for you is another example of this but it's a little bit different so as as we play this song um try to count it in three because that's that's where the meter actually is but you'll notice this kind of like uh underlying or overlying pulse that's just a little bit off center Okay, so that is that is a snarky puppy track called Zavi. Mm-hmm. And if and, we're gonna talk about weird polyrhythms, we have to talk about snarky puppy, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like snarky puppy is maybe the premier band. Like 
anybody that that is a music nerd mm-hmm. and is like an instrumentalist like like everybody knows snarky puppy because they're kind of on the cutting edge of for sure of like making really really listenable music that's also really complicated yeah, for sure uh, yeah and and i mean they have they have a history of recording all of their albums live with like a, a sit-in audience yeah. during those sessions and and they record them and it's really fun and this this particular track they they did at an npr tiny desk uh concert back in november last year and they have the audience kind of clap along to the polyrhythm, which is helpful for us because we just get to listen to the instructions that, that the <laughs> band leader gives. But. Exactly. And we'll um, we'll link that video in our website because it's really, really cool for lots of reasons. Um, just because you get to see all these really talented musicians play and then also like they break it down and kind of explain it to everybody. And it's cool because it's not in a way like that's because like I'm sure a lot of the people that are at the NPR music place are fairly you know music savvy and know a lot but he's because i actually saw them live and he did this live with uh the crowd and he he explains it in a way that's like not a dick about it you know because it's like it's kind of confusing it's a little weird but he explains Mm -hmm. it in a way to where you could know nothing about polyrhythms or anything and still participate you know it's one of those cool crowd participation moments where you feel like you're such a genius you know by just participating because yeah. he'll like split what he did for us we were at the roseland theater in portland he split the crowd in two he's like people on this side you're gonna clap in three and this side you're gonna clap in four and he like did it with each group and then he did it together and he had like half of his band explaining and it was really cool and then he had like the flute player do a solo over it and it was just like oh no it was like he he did a so what they did was like he taught it to everybody and they started the song like how it starts and then like halfway through he brought everybody in to do that and like they cut everything out and it was just like the crowd and then they'd bring the band back in and then like mm. so it was really cool how they implemented it it was um very cool kind of like how a uh, Wolfpack will do like three part harmony with their crowd which is mm. also super cool um but it's just like crowd engagement in that in that ways is always the best yeah, absolutely. And and just to to explain it in the way that they do before they have the audience join in, this is basically a three count with mm-hmm. a four inside of it. So what we've been listening to is a, a four count with three over the top of it. Mm-hmm. And, and this is kind of the inverse of that. So it's a three count with four inside of it. So if you have your three, one, two, three, one, two, three. So that that's what's happening here, and and from uh, you know like a composition perspective, all that's going on is they're playing in three, and this this underlying rhythm that's going on, this polyrhythm that's going on, is just a, basically a dotted eighth note. Mm-hmm. So past um, the bread and butter. Past the red and butter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly that. Mm-hmm. So, so once once you kind of are able to break it down and see it from that perspective, it's not particularly complicated. But when you're when you're in a setting like this, and you know half the band is is playing that that um, 
main driving three and the other half of the band is playing that that polyrhythm over the top of it mm-hmm. it's easy to kind of get lost in the sauce there <laughs> and 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 lose your place and that's what you you see sometimes with the with the crowd as they're clapping it's easy to get pulled away from the rhythm that you're playing and and mm-hmm. get fixated on the other one and and vice versa so um being able to to keep track and keep in lockstep with what you're already playing there's there's definitely a trick to that yeah and for like the purposes of this one for like our examples like we tried to choose things that are a little more like commercially known or like at least you know not as because when we were talking about polyrhythms like you could go down a rabbit hole of like math rock and like prog rock for where sure. it's all yeah. polyrhythms all day long and like that's cool but it's not like as easy to listen to because it's just it's math rock for a reason. Like they're trying to just kind of mess with your head and like say that they're playing in thirteen sixteen just to do it, you know? <laughs> just yeah, because like, because because they can. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's why we're trying to find it in more. Like I'd say this one, the snarky puppy one, is more closer to like yeah, we're like diving into more of like the prog category. But it's we tried to choose things that are more, you know, just like more things that you'd not maybe expect it to be in yeah definitely yeah, yeah that, that's the thing it's like all of these um styles of rhythms are are visible in the most popular music that there is mm-hmm. but unless you know what they are it's really difficult to id them when they pop up because people can do them so fluidly exactly that it, it doesn't sound strange you know like um i i think you know, snarky puppy. It's it's a lot more rhythmic, and there's a there's a big percussion section playing along with it. But I mean, if you if you look to that Led Zeppelin track, or you look to Jill Scott. I mean, Jill Scott is um, obviously a fantastic singer, but the the song itself isn't intensely complicated. Mm. But but once you know what's going on, it makes it that much more fun to listen to. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think that's why we did this series is like things that are complicated and cool rhythmically that you wouldn't expect in the songs that you've all heard before or like would hear and just maybe not notice. So it's been fun for us. Um, we're going to next week, I think we're going to talk about our favorite uses of halftime, um, mm-hmm. which I'm super excited about. Like that's, that's that's one I'm going to research a lot, but we could maybe tease one, this week actually well, i mean we didn't we didn't cue it up but we should maybe tease uh just one song that we're going to talk about you want to do that yeah yeah for sure let's let's play that now and then we'll we'll jump to our fave track of the week and and let you guys go perfect so let's play that here So we hope we hope that that entices you for for next week's podcast, and I think that'll be the last of these kind of odd time or, or time change episodes mm-hmm. that we do, and we'll, we'll get into some other topics. But you know, time time is such a foundational aspect of of what it is to be a drummer and and what you learn as a drummer. And so, you know, I think it's it's fun to go over those things and go over the the things that are just slightly off center. Mm-hmm. Um, and and have a little chat about those so yeah now we're going to jump into our favorite tracks of the week so david has uh, a single that he would like to talk about 
Very much so. Um, this track is Can't Fight by Lion Lahavis, and uh, it came out Friday, and there's actually three tracks kind of along with it. Um, so I'm, I'm thinking that maybe she'll be releasing an album soon, which makes me really happy. But uh, kind of going back to NPR, Tiny Desk, that's how I found her. She um, mm. does a really cool stripped-down version of a lot of her pretty popular songs. Um, uh what's the first song off of it well anyways it's like a pianist and a background singer and they do such a cool version of her songs and um it's just one of those examples of (laughs) it's one of those examples of adding more to it by taking things away um it's so cool just how she and um that those three musicians like have such a full sound and like they imply so much rhythm without having rhythm it's so Mm. it's just really cool so we should link the npr tiny desk for that too but this can't fight um track is really impressive because she's such a talented guitar player and um kind of the the rhythms that she plays underneath it while she's singing like they mimic each other and kind of like push and pull a little bit and it's just like really intricate and then you have like this really sick backbeat like um rim knock like drum beat that just like makes it so chill and it it's a really kind of a tense song in a way because it's talking about like how i can't fight away this love but it just has so much emotion but so much like push and pull so i would really give her a listen for a lot of reasons but also this track is so freaking cool so give this one a listen for sure. Yeah. And I highly, highly recommend that tiny desk show. It just, it does a really great job of highlighting mm-hmm. both how, how incredible a singer she is, but also how great of a guitarist she is too. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a great listen. So, um, my favorite track of this week is again, off of this, this new perfume genius record and the track is Jason. And I think, I think perfume genius just has like an incredible way of making a really, really glossy kind of baroque sound feel really relevant well listen to you baroque yeah well you know sometimes <laughs> you gotta pull, you gotta pull it out but uh yeah i just i just highly highly recommend you go and check out this this new perfume genius record set the room on fire immediately because there's so many tracks that that could be pulled off of it for a fave track of the week for me um yeah but that's yeah awesome. it's just been great so now, now jumping to recommendations or discoveries that we've had, David, what you got for us? Well, I have, I have a recommendation for Corona Seltzer. <laughs> so here's the reason. Um, I was on Whole30, as I probably mentioned like a thousand times on this uh, podcast, but it is hard seltzer which is sweeping the world um but this hard seltzer has no carbs and no sugar so just saying if you want to drink a couple of these and not feel like poop the next day do it because like i i don't know i just like it was a way for me to like wade back into the water because i'm like kind of not doing whole 30 anymore which if you weren't unfamiliar with that it's basically where you don't eat anything with sugar carbs not carbs um sugar uh grain like all the allergens all the things you can think of so basically you're only eating like meat and veggies um you can't drink alcohol and stuff so this was really like a a good way for me to ease myself back in and you know they don't taste great but you'll you'll learn to like it (laughs) 
<laughs> what a what a great recommendation. They're not good, but you learned a lot. Well, it's just like one of those things where, you know, people drink seltzer because it's not as like there's not as many carbs and it's better for you as opposed to drinking beer. But this one, like, there's literally no carbs and no sugar, and it's only ninety calories. So, just saying, like, it's probably the best bang for your buck if you're like trying to maybe get a little buzz but not feel like you know poop. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'd give we'll it a try. It. Pick up a we'll pick it. up a six or a twelve and see what you think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. My recommendation is not something new to me, but it is something that's new to Netflix, and I think everybody who hasn't seen it should go watch it, and everybody who has seen it should needs to go it. watch it again. Yeah. And you probably already are watching it again, but that is. Avatar: The Last Airbender, and not not the, not the M. Night not Shyamalan. James Cameron, <laughs> yeah, not not the live action M Night Shyamalan one for sure, and also not the James Cameron Avatar. This is this is the you know mid two thousands animated series that Nickelodeon mm-hmm. put out, and man, I just love this show. It's I, really good. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not like super super big into anime. But this, and this, I mean, I don't even know if people would categorize Avatar as an anime. Probably but, not, but, but it, it kind of toes the not. line a little bit. Yeah, it's it's like it's like a, like the baby, the baby pool, the kiddie pool version of, of an, <laughs> anime. It's, yeah, and so that that's, I mean, people people who are anime fans that might be listening are, are thinking this guy's an idiot. Uh. I am an idiot. But anyway, I'm just going to talk about how much I like Avatar. It's, it's like so good natured. It's mm-hmm. goofy. The animation is incredible. The fight scenes are incredible. Yeah, like the just the whole the whole concept of the show is is awesome. And I just remember, you know, dreaming of being an airbender or dreaming of being a waterbender. So yeah, which one would you want to be if you had to choose of the four? So there's wind, fire, water, and earth. Right? Is that yeah? The four. Okay. Yeah. Which one I, would you be? So I I have waffle back and forth between air and earth mm-hmm. because in my head those are the most like versatile ones. Yeah. Like like there's always earth around you, so you mm-hmm. can always use something. Mm-hmm. And if you use earth, you can kind of accomplish a lot of what the other ones do. And True. and the one I mean the the thing I always think about is like flight, right? Mm-hmm. So like with air bending, you can achieve light mm-hmm. um and with air bending you can move the other obstacles right so like if somebody's a water bender going at mm-hmm. you you can use air and push the, push the water away it's true um but it's a, it's the same kind of thing with earth right it's yeah. like if somebody's coming at you with a fire bending attack you can use the earth and kind of yeah. deflect it or if you want to take you know you know glide down the street you could just pick up a rock stand on the rock and <laughs> and float yourself down the street so i, I i'm between those two i mm-hmm. like them because they're versatile but what would you say? Oof. You know, I think I would. The thing about air is as cool as like it would be to like be able to fly. It's like that just seems weird, like that you're controlling this thing that you can't see. You know what I mean? It's just like mm. it just doesn't in my head. It just it's weird. It's like kind of like that one commercial of that guy, like following people, people around and like hitting them. And then do you know the commercial I'm talking about where it's like. Um, he's like nobody likes me and he's like (laughs) knocking people's hats off and like uh messing with people and you find out that he's wind he's like a depiction of wind because he's like walking around people and they can't see him Uh so 
I don't know. I think Earth is like the most badass looking because like you can just like imagine like raising yourself like a hundred feet like on a you know on a riser because mm-hmm. you can manipulate the Earth. But part of me thinks maybe fire would still be the coolest, even though like the Fire Nation is kind of the bad one in the show. But I mean, of course they are. Yeah, but I mean, controlling fire with your hands would be pretty freaking cool, right? Can you imagine if could you imagine if the air ones were the bad guys? Like how do you how do you frame a show around that? I That's don't know. true. It has to I be mean, the fire ones. It has to because fire is just so like intimidating looking. Yeah, well, and like destructive and true. Yeah, like when, but, when yeah. not controlled, it can destroy so much. Yeah, but the the story arc of like the main fire characters is so good and transformational. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I think of like Uncle Iroh mm-hmm. and like the just the mentor that he is i really i, I, I really mean, need to rewatch it it's been such a long time yeah exactly and that's that's the recommendation it's like it's like i think probably most people have watched watched avatar but now it's on netflix and and before how, how many it, it was seasons just kind of hard to find i don't remember it's not it's not a ton though yeah it's like three or four maybe something like that i honestly but, think i only saw like two seasons so i think actually if i rewatch it i'd be watching some of it for the first time so i'm definitely going to check that out for sure, for sure. So, yeah, that that kind of wraps up our our wrecks, our discoveries, our favorite tracks of the week. So, yes. um, I just want to say thanks to everybody who's been listening so far. This is episode five. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm feeling good. I hope you're feeling good, David. <laughs> I'm feeling great. Okay, rad. So, you know, we're gonna keep this thing going. But I just wanted to, to pause, give a shout out to to our consistent listeners. If you've made it this far in the episode, mm-hmm. I know you're a real one. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's just wrap up and i just want to say thanks for listening and remember don't take our opinions too seriously we're only drummers ciao